There's only one road into Key West, but you won't believe where it can take you. Travel back in time to a city rich with history. Discover amazing artists and musicians. Taste seafood fresh off the boat, or just kick back and soak up the island vibe. For more about Key West, visit flakeys.com. Key West, close to perfect, far from normal. Be dazzled this holiday season by Northern Virginia's largest drive-through light show at Bull Run Festival of Lights. Celebrate the holidays as a family while staying warm and cozy. Drive the festival route from the comfort of your car. Turn off your headlights and just follow the magical glow through two and a half miles of dazzling displays in Bull Run Regional Park in Centerville, Virginia. Plan your visit now. When you visit by mid-December, you'll save. Get your tickets today at bullrunfestivaloflights.com. That's bullrunfestivaloflights.com. You're about to experience a life-giving message from Bishop Kevin Foreman, pastor of Harvest Church. One church in global locations. To find out more about Bishop Foreman and Harvest Church, visit our website at www.harvestchurch.church. Your faithful giving is how we continue to bring life-giving messages like these to you. Give online in our mobile app or text the word giving to 59769. Remember to love God, love people, and love life. Say, I'm ready to receive. Say, because 2020 is my year. Come on here. Say, all things new. Say, everything's turning in my favor. In Jesus' name. Can I get you to release a great praise right there, y'all? Hey. So listen. Bible's up. I'm lifting my phone because I got the Harvest Mobile app. Let's make our confession of faith together. I'm ready to hear them do your word, which I'm about to receive which makes all things new in Jesus name. Amen. So we are in now week two of our series, all things new. And last week we looked at a man named Joshua. Everybody say Joshua who created something new. What did he do? He creates what the year 2020 is. It is a leap year. Leap years did not exist until Joshua, who was a new leader, who was doing new things till he created it. When did he create it? In Joshua chapter 10, he prayed that the sun would stand still and that the moon would not move and they obeyed him. And watch this. I said to you, this is the year you got to pray some strong and courageous, bold and creative prayers. I need you to take the box off of God. I need you to take the limits off of God and I need you to know the God we believe in is the God that can do the impossible. I hope you're sitting in the faith section that believes God can do the impossible. Look at somebody next to you and say the God I believe in can do the impossible. He's a God that, watch this, if he needs to get across the water, he ain't swimming, he'll just walk on it. He's the God that if his people need to cross through, he says, park the Red Sea and I'll make it so that you can walk over on dry land. He's the God that when the man couldn't see, he made mud pies and put it on the man's eyes and the man could see. Our God is incredible. Can you give an incredible God an incredible praise right there? Come on, y'all. Now listen, 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 listen. What's significant is that, watch this, Joshua was strong and courageous. And we learned that that means to be bold and creative. Uh, to be strong, that means you've got to be bold. And the Bible says the righteous are as bold as a lion. Look at your neighbor and say, I'm bold. Matter of fact, lay your hands on yourself, say your first name and say, be bold this year. 
In other words, this is the year you're going to have to take some steps that when you look at the steps you take, it's going to scare the heaven, hell, and earth out of you. But you've got to be bold. This is the year not to be timid, not to be shamed, not to be insecure, but to walk in boldness. Somebody holler, I'm bold. And the Bible says that Moses told him to be not only strong, but he told him to also be courageous. So strong is to be bold, but to be courageous is to be creative. Somebody say creative. Now, when you think of courage, the issue that many of us run into is that when we think of courage, we don't really understand what that means in practicality. So what we try to do is we try to conjure up courage on the inside, not understanding what that really looks like from a practical standpoint. So to be courageous means to be creative. See, watch this. Discourage, discourage simply means, watch me, that you have lost your ability to get creative on how to solve your problem. I'm going to say it again. To get discouraged means that you've lost your ability for how to solve your problem. In other words, when you look at your problem, your problem now is overwhelming you rather than you overwhelming it. So now you look at an obstacle and you don't get creative. You say, well, I guess I can't do it. And I need you to know this is your year to be like Paul. I can do what? All things. I need you to know you ain't sitting next to a something somebody. You sit next to an all things somebody, which means everything I face, baby, I got this. Can you encourage your, your role and just encourage them? Say, you got it this year. You got it. Some of y'all ain't touching nobody. Don't worry about them if they don't touch you. Just touch somebody else. Say, you got it this year. Now, when you look at this, uh, there were five things that made Joshua strong and courageous, bold and creative. The first is that he was corrected. So Moses, watch this, he would check or he would correct Joshua. God can never, watch this, allow you to conquer beyond your ability to be corrected. We live in a culture, watch this, where everybody wants to have their truth, even if your truth can't triumph. And I need you to know your truth don't matter to God. I need you to know your view of it does not matter to God. God sent you here to worship him, not for him to worship you. The creator is to be worshipped, not the created. I need you to lay your hands on yourself and say, worship God, not yourself. This is why so many people struggle with depression, and this is why so many people struggle with anxiety. This is why so many people struggle with emotional issues. Why? Not everybody, but many. Here's why. Because the truth is, is that you don't actually worship God. You want God to worship you. And when he doesn't do what you want him to do, it devastates you. Mm. But I need you to know that God says, I created you to worship me, not for me to worship you. He got quiet right there. Somebody said he was corrected. Moses checked him because he had a heart issue. He ended up getting jealous of some other people that were doing what he thought only he should be able to do. And Moses checks him and Moses corrects him and says, look, hey man, look, your little jealousy issue, anybody got time for that? In other words, he said, this is bigger than you. <clears throat> this is bigger than how you feel about it. This is bigger than what you think about it. Can I tell you when your life starts to have meaning? When you realize it's bigger than you. Y'all ain't saying nothing to me now. It's bigger than you. Would you just lay your hands on yourself and say, this is bigger than you. No, you're blessed to be a blessing, so it's bigger than you. God wants to use your life to change the lives of other people. It's bigger than you. The second thing Joshua was is he was consistent. And can I be honest with you? This is something that today's culture lacks, consistency. We want to be consistently blessed, but we don't want to be consistent. We want God to be consistent with us, but we're not always consistent with him. Even in relationships, you want to know what messes up consistency? Options. Y'all don't want to talk. 
when you got options, all of a sudden now you think consistency is something you might want to do or you might not do. But I pray that you sit next to the consistent ones in the room. Come on. I pray you sit next to the people that say, I'm going to do right even when it's easy to do wrong. I'm going to give God a yes even when it's easy to give him a no. Why? I'm consistent. I'm going to keep going and going and going and going. And Lay your hands on yourself say, I'm consistent. And here's the thing, being consistent in the right things. Because you can be consistent, but you can get consistent in the wrong things. You can be consistently inconsistent. You can be consistently unpredictable. You can be consistently emotionally unbalanced. Y'all ain't talking to me. But I need you to lay one hand on yourself and say, I'm going to be consistent in the right things this year. The third thing that Joshua was that made him bold and courageous, strong and creative, is that he was changed. Moses changes his name. Joshua was a grown man, but Moses was his leader. And Moses says to him, hey, listen, his name was Hoshea. And we learned last week that Joshua's name was changed by Moses. Because Hoshea means God can save. Joshua means God has saved. Stop. What's the difference? The difference is this. The difference is, is that if God can do it, doesn't mean it's done. But if God has done it, every time I say the name Joshua, I'm saying it's already done. And when you learn to stop resisting change, but allow God to change you, what used to be possible now is something that's in your rear view because it's already been done. I'm going to say that again because you missed it. Rather than saying God's getting ready to do it, I get to look back and say that was amazing what God did in the first 15 days of 2020. That was amazing what God did in the first 30 days of 2020. It was amazing. Look what the Lord ain't getting ready to do, but look what the Lord has done. I need you to release this word. Say, it's already done. Joshua did not fight to hold on to who he was. And that's the issue with somebody on your row. Is they want to fight to hold on to who they used to be. And God says who you used to be was only sufficient to get you to where you were. But where I'm taking you in 2020 requires a new you, boo. But you're fighting to be who you were. You're fighting to have your truth. You're fighting to do it your way. You're so fucked. Watch this. You're so focused on being right, you don't even realize you're not effective anymore. Y'all ain't going to talk to me. Somebody say, Lord, change me. Then fourth, he was committed. The Bible says that he served Joshua from, or Joshua served Moses from his youth. He was committed. And watch this. And Moses gave Joshua plenty of opportunity to not be committed. How do you know you're committed when the opportunity not to be committed shows up? You can't really say you're committed. Watch this. Let's use a marriage. You can't really say, I'm faithful to my marriage. Well, if don't nobody wants you, you don't really know if you are. But if they all in your DMs and you remain committed, come on, let's talk, then you know that you are committed. You can't really say you're committed unless you've been tested to be uncommitted. And I'm glad I'm sitting in a room full of people that are not perfect, but here's one thing that we are committed. I need you to just tell the Lord, say, Lord, I'm committed to you. I'm committed to what's right. I'm not perfect, but I'm committed to getting it right. I don't do everything right, but I'm committed to getting it right. And there's the fifth thing Joshua was. He was convinced. What made him convinced? We dealt with this. Oh, my God. If you missed Wednesday, let's go watch it. You got to get it. Say, he was convinced. Say, I am convinced. He was convinced because Moses' prophecy to him became his perspective. Let's make prophecy simple. Prophecy is simply to foretell 
and foretell. So we learned last week and on Wednesday that Joshua tells Moses. He tells him this in Deuteronomy 31.7. Watch, look on the screen. Then Moses summoned Joshua and said to him in the sight of all Israel, be strong and courageous. And what do we learn that means to be bold? So Moses prophesies to him and says, listen, here's what you're going to need in 2020. Here's what you're going to need in your leap year. You're going to need to be strong and courageous, bold and creative. Now, what I love about it is the Bible says that uh, Moses summons Joshua and said in front of everybody, I need you to hear me, this is going to be public. Your private tears, let's go, are about to be public triumph. All right, ain't nobody over here going to say nothing to me. Let me talk to y'all. Watch this. Your private struggles are about to be your public victories. Y'all ain't going to say that. Let me try over here. Your private issues are about to be your public celebration. Let me try everybody. The stuff you thought was going to kill you behind the door is about to make you in front of the door. Say yes, Lord. Here's what I love. He did it in front of everybody. He affirmed him in front of everybody. An affirmed man is a dangerous man because he's not running behind. Watch this. You not liking him. He's not running behind. You not liking what he has to say. Ooh, somebody say, I'm affirmed. And when you're affirmed, you're not arrogant. You're just confident. Let's go. And since we're not used to seeing affirmed people in American culture, when you see somebody affirmed, you'll say, but they just think they all that. No, you'll think that about them. They, 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 just think, they just think they all that in the bag of chips. You think that about them. Don't be mad because they're affirmed. See, arrogance is nothing but a cheap counterfeit of affirmation. You got to pull other people down to feel better about yourself. But when you're affirmed, you want other people to do well. Would you have five somebody on your road say, I'm rooting for you. I'm rooting for you. See, when you affirm, you can celebrate somebody else. Hear me, Harvest. We are affirmed people, so we celebrate when other people are winning. We celebrate when other people are doing good. We celebrate when other people are having triumph. Can you lift up a celebration for somebody else? Only arrogant people can't celebrate other people because they think that their victory is in pulling somebody else down. But when you affirm, when somebody else is winning, you're like, go, 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 go. You go on city or hold on them. Joshua was a threat because Joshua was like, I'm affirm. My man of God told me to be strong and courageous. Bold and creative. So he walks up on the king of AI and was like, you better back up or I'm going to take you down. He walks up on the king of Jericho and says, you better back up or I'm going to take you down. He walks up on those five kings we learned about a few weeks ago and he says, you better back up or I'm going to take you down. Say, I'm affirmed. What I love about it is that Joshua ate from Moses' hand and he celebrated Moses the man. We live in a generation and a culture now when you would eat from somebody's hand, yet post and celebrate about another man. People would sit at your table and eat from your table and then go celebrate other people who didn't do nothing for them. And I'm here to tell you, ooh, you better hit me. I'm here to tell you, God says, I'm removing the people around you that have been using you. 
you better release a praise right there. God says, nobody's going to be around you that's using you. You're going to have people around you that are adding value to you. Y'all ain't going to say nothing to me right there. Somebody say, my circle is upgrading. Watch. Look at this. Look, 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 look. He says to him, be strong and courageous, which means what? Bold and creative. What does he prophesy? For you. Here's the prophecy. For you shall go into or go with this people. Say, with the people. Which means you got to stop trying to do it alone. You need a team, and the team you need, watch this, this year you're going to have it. <laughs> Somebody say, I got it this year. He says, you should go with this people into the land. Somebody say, I'm going in. For you and I, guys, it's not a piece of land. Gotta, it's, a, it's a style of life. So replace promised land with promised life. What does that mean? Shalom. You know it now, right? Nothing missing. Let's just hit it one more time. Say, that's my 2020. Prophesy to your December 2020. Nothing missing. November 2020, what it's going to be. Nothing missing. Nothing broken. Nothing left. All is well. Verse. It says, you're going to go in to the land. Watch this. The generations before you should have got it. But they were so arrogant and rebellious that what your mama, mama, mama should have got what your daddy's daddy daddy should have got. God says, I didn't take it. I just held it. Woo, but lay your hands on yourself. Say, I'm getting generational blessing. Say it again. Say, I'm getting generational blessing. He said, I swore to give it to your daddy and him. They didn't get it. He says, but I'm putting you in possession of it. Please follow my instructions because I'm just trying to get you in what God wants. Please lift up one of your hands and say, I'm possessing this year. What'd it do? Say it again. Say, I'm possessing this year. You hear? Now watch. So what did we learn on Wednesday? <laughs> on Wednesday, we looked at two kings. Um, they were sons of Solomon. Stick with me because we get into the message. They were sons of Solomon. Say sons of Solomon. Solomon didn't want to die because his sons were going to take over. And Solomon said of his sons, he said, they're crazy. That's what he said. He said, they're nothing like me. Which is very interesting because sometimes you're going to, can I be honest with you? Sometimes you're going to have more in common with people you have no blood relation to. You need to be okay with that. Solomon said, this is supposed to be a dynasty. I'm supposed to give it to my sons, and my sons are supposed to give it to their sons, supposed to give it to their sons. This is supposed to be generational. But God says, if there's a generation that rises up that refuses to walk in it, I'll skip the bloodline. And I'll go get somebody that ain't got the last same last name. Y'all don't want to hear this today if it didn't. So Solomon has two sons. 
that are in line for the throne. And one of them ends up ascending to the throne. And we looked at this on Wednesday, 2 Chronicles chapter 10, and verse number 15. Now, it was prophesied to one of the, uh, uh, one of the brothers, uh, Jeroboam. Yeah, Jeroboam, Rehoboam. Say Jeroboam. Jeroboam. Rehoboam. It was prophesied to Jeroboam, you're going to be king. But who ends up sitting on the throne? His brother. I need you to stick with me. It looks like what was prophesied wasn't going to happen. Just like with Joshua, Joshua, go take the land, it's yours. But there's a king here opposing me. There's a king here opposing me. I have all of this opposition, but I got a word. Come on. I got all of these things that are fighting against me, but there's a prophecy over me. Come on. I got all of these things that are trying to make me quit, but I got a prophecy over me. I need you to know you're sitting next to somebody that there's a word sitting right over their head right now. Say, there's a word over me. You better hear me. You shall live and not die. That's a word over you. Your ladder shall be greater. That's a word over you. 2020 is going to be your year where all things new. That's a word over you. 2020, you got to be strong and courageous, bold and creative. Say, there's a word over me. Look, so what ends up happening is that Rehoboam goes and he starts asking questions of those he grew up with. And he says, hey, listen, how do you think I should rule? Which is dangerous. Because when you start consulting people, watch this, who, who, watch this, who grew up with you, people know you how they met you. I'm going to say it again. People know you how they met you. So the reason some people don't believe that, watch this, your whole Christianity thing is real because they met you when you was backing it up and dropping it like it was hot. But now you're picking it up off the floor. Y'all ain't said nothing to me. So, watch this. So, so he goes and asks his buddies. He says, buddies, hey, hey, how should I rule? And then he goes and asks the people who advised his father Solomon, how should I rule? And the Bible says he doesn't listen to the elders of Israel. He listens to his buddies. You have to be careful when you're asking people who have been nowhere how to get somewhere. I wish y'all wouldn't have let that one fall. You got to be careful when you're asking people for directions who have been nowhere. I pray you don't seek counsel from somebody that ain't ever left their house. I pray you don't seek counsel from somebody that has no clue what they're doing or where they are going. You need wisdom, not worry. So the verse says, he says, watch this. So the king didn't listen. But why didn't the king listen? Because it was a turn. Shout is turning for me. It was a turn of affairs brought about by God. Listen to me, that the Lord might fulfill his word, which he spoke by Ahijah, the Shilonite, to Jeroboam, the son of Nebat. He was a prophet. He was a man of God. So Moses prophesies to Joshua, and God turns things so that Joshua gets what Moses prophesies. Ahijah prophesies to Jeroboam, so God turns things. He makes a man not listen so somebody else could take his seat. There's some people that have been acting funky with you lately, and I need you to know God's behind it. Come on. How do you know God's behind it? Because God says, I'm turning some things for your favor, and I need them to act this way with you so that you'll do what you got to do. Shout, it's turning for me. He says, which he spoke by Ahijah the Shalom. So Ahijah prophesies to Jeroboam and says, you're going to be king, but another man's in the throne. Another man's possessing what he's possessing. Another man has his stuff. I need you not to let what you see weary you. 
That's why we walk by faith, not by sight. Because what you see is going to make you say, your ass is going to be real. Release it again. Say, it's turning for me. Say, it's turning for my bloodline. Say, it's turning in my finances. Say, it's turning in my faith. Every business owner, every entrepreneur in here, say, my business is turning for me. Now watch, God turns it. Check this out. Here's the question and focus of today's message. Y'all ready? What happens if God has to turn something away from you because you turned away from him? Question, what if you're Rehoboam, not Jeroboam? See how the room just shifted right there? That's your neighbor say it's about to get real. If you let me go and take you to Malachi chapter 2, let's go on a journey. Malachi chapter 2. Malachi, uh, if you're Italian, Malachi. <laughs> Malachi, watch, Malachi means messenger. Say message. message. There's a message here. And I want you to follow very closely with me because the Lord said, son, I need you to release this word. He says, because some of, watch this, he says, some of what people are experiencing in their life they are calling it warfare, but it's not. It is because I cursed their blessings. So today's message is called Cursed Blessings. Rehoboam is on the throne. He's the king. And imagine how he's walking around. Imagine his swagger. How you doing, brother? Would you kiss our ring? You know, this type of thing. But because his heart had turned from the Lord, God says, look, you actually had a shot. But I had to turn away from you because of what you were doing. I love you, but you can't have that seat. Look at me, everybody. Do not ever confuse God's love for you with the quality of life you live. The greatness has a fee called obedience. His love is free. Can I get you to release that? So his love is free. Say greatness has a fee. So let's look at Malachi chapter 2 verse 1. Let's look at this. It says, and now, O priest, this is God speaking. Now, and literally in the text, he was speaking to the tribe of Levi. But now uh, when it, the scripture says priest, it's really encompassing of any believer because Revelation 5.10 says, and you have made them a kingdom and priests or kings and priests to our God and they shall reign on the earth. So when we read this, it's actually talking to us. It's talking to me. So look, look at it says uh, Malachi chapter 2, verse 1. And now, O priest, this command. Let's stop right there. God gives commands, not suggestions. And part of the issue we have in American Christianity is that we think it's a negotiation with God. We think when God says something, he's like, this would be a really great idea. But watch this. Your, your boss don't even do that. Um, our military, let's take 10 seconds to celebrate our military right there. Come on. Nine. Come on. Let's celebrate them. Eight. Seven. Let's celebrate them. Six. We appreciate them. Five. Four, three, if you are former military or current military, would you stand so we can celebrate you? Thank you, 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 thank you. Thank you, you can be seated. 
In the military, the general doesn't say, you know, I think it'd be amazing if you went over there and fought them dudes. No! They give commands, directives. Here's the issue with American culture right now, is that we don't like the word command. We don't even like the word directive. Can you say it to me different than that? I'm grown. Evidently not because you're overly emotional about how you're spoken to. Y'all don't like that there. Let's move. Say, God gives commands. Say, not suggestions. Look at me, everybody. You can't dictate how you're directed. It's quiet. He says, this is what? For you. So this ain't for your neighbor. So for the next five minutes, you're not touching your neighbor. You are only going to lay your hands on you. Verse 2. If you will not listen. What does that mean? Will. You're choosing to do your own thing. Listen. There's a difference between listening and hearing. Listening means paying attention to. Hearing means perceiving a sound. He said, I need you to pay attention. Say, I'm paying attention, Lord. Watch this. If you will not. See, there's a difference between can't and won't. God says, it's not that you can't do it. You just won't do it. He says, if you will not do what? Give honor, come on here, to my name. Quiet. If you will not take it to heart to give honor to my name. What does he say? He says, you don't make it a big deal. In your mind, it's not a big deal. Lay your hands on yourself and say, make it a big deal this year. Say, make God a big deal this year. To give honor, what does that mean? You're intentionally withholding it. To my name. Can I ask you a question? The Lord asked me to ask you this question today. You ready? I just have to obey God, guys. So just let's go. Can I obey him? I'm going to obey him no matter what. He says, son, ask him, do they love me or do they use me? Do they use me to get blessed or do they actually love me? He said, because they don't like being used, so how do they think I like being used? Oh, I need you to just lift one of your hands and say, Lord, I love you. I love you. I love you. He says, to my name, says the Lord of hosts, then I will send, you ready? The curse upon you. It's quiet in the room. And everything I bless you with, I'll curse that too. Now, now touch your neighbor. This is one time you're going to touch your neighbor. Okay. Say, stay with Bishop right here. I rebuke a seared conscience. I rebuke a seared conscience in the building and online that makes you think this is for everybody else but you. You ready? So what does this mean? He said, what is a curse, first of all? What's a curse? A curse means us as an empowerment to fail. So he says, you individually will be empowered to fail. What you set your hands to, what you pray about, watch this, your emotional stability, your financial stability. He says, listen, I will make it so that it's empowered to fail. Now, what does that mean that he's going to make it that way? For a minute, y'all see this umbrella? For those of you superstitious, that's not real. 
How you gonna be superstitious and ain't believe the Bible? I'm just saying. Don't let that umbrella up. But you don't tithe. Ain't nobody saying nothing. Watch. <laughs> say, say, say the umbrella. Under my umbrella. Ella, Ella, A, A. So here's what God says. God says, since you don't want to honor me, I'm going to remove my protection from you. Fight your own battles. Because you don't want to honor me. You want to honor, honor everybody else but me. Fight your own battles. You, 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 this is why some, can I be honest with you? This is why some people pray and feel like it doesn't get through. This is why some people feel, watch this, can I be honest with you? Sometimes we feel forsaken, not because God moved. We moved. Because, come hold this, come hold this. God says, so if you honor me, oh, you good. And when you honor me, wherever you go, we good. Wherever we go. Somebody say, wherever I go, I'm good. Wherever I go, I'm good. He says, but if you dishonor me, you're going to be wondering why is it so stormy, so rainy? I can't stand the rain. I can't stand it. But then watch the next part. Touch your neighbor and say, here's the next part. I know I said you're going to touch them, but I just need to make sure that they get it. And everything I gave you, the relationship you begged me for will now be a burden. The car you begged me for, you won't be able to keep it. The house you pleaded for me to give you, you won't be able to keep it. Y'all ain't talking to me. The friends you prayed for, it will now be your enemies because whatever I bless you with is now against you. And then he says, let me just tell y'all something. He says, indeed, check your life. Because there's some areas I've already done it. Come on, y'all. He says, and here's why. Not because you're not, you don't do everything perfectly. God's not saying be perfect. He's saying, you don't even think it's a big deal. Lay it to heart. Make it a big deal. I need you to please release this. Say, Lord. You're a big deal to me. Can we just take 10 seconds and let him know how big of a deal he is by releasing worship? Thank you, sir. Come on, God, you're a big deal to us. Honoring you is important to us. Keeping you first is important to us. Forgive us. Come on, somebody. Say, Lord, forgive me for not honoring you. Watch. Y'all still here? Look at this. So what happened to them? They got new blessings, but they had an old honor. Y'all ain't said that. And in this year of all things new, your honor must be new. As long as it's not a big deal to you, what you're trying to do isn't a big deal to heaven. Ooh, come on here, y'all. Say, Lord, you're important to me. So I, I was having a conversation yesterday. I was having this conversation. I was done with the message. I was having this conversation, and, and something interesting was said. And the line was said to me. They said, well, they don't even see it like that. 
is that they don't even, we were talking about a situation, he said, they don't even see that they were wrong. And the Holy Ghost quickly said, he said, son, add this to the message. He said, let me tell you why they're wrong. Let me tell you why they're wrong. Bring it over. You literally are standing way over there. Come on over here. That's all right. It's hot enough. Come on. Oh, goodness. First Timothy 4, 2 says, put it up. It says this. It says that their conscience is seared. You'll catch it in a minute. See, see, when your conscience gets seared, it is, I know, I had to sacrifice my shirt to preach this message. I got another one on the way. When your conscience gets seared, all of a sudden now, what used to be light and easy, now it's hard. So in other words, now plug it back up and put it back on. In other words, here's what happens to many people. What happens to many people is that your conscience gets seared. Say seared. So that things that should bother you about you don't. When we're wrong and dishonorable and disrespectful and ratchet, we say, that's just how I am. Y'all ain't going to say nothing to me now. The middle section, I ain't never seen y'all this quiet. I love you. So here's, so here's what God says. God says, your conscience has become seared with a hot iron. Somebody say a hot iron. So then the question becomes, watch this. How do I know whether or not I'm making him a big deal and honoring him? Somebody say, how do I know? Matthew 6.33. We're going to walk this thing out. Give me a good seal on it. You got me a good seal on it? Here we go. You got me a good seal. It's an amazing shirt. Got another one on the way. But it's seared. I pray you're not sitting next to somebody that only looks good from the top up. And if we are, guess what? Today, from the top of our heads to the soles of our feet, say, Lord, make me over. Good. Say, Lord, make me new. I need somebody to put a praise right there. There are certain things we say, well, that doesn't really bother me. I don't see it that way because your conscience is seared. You got an iron stain on your shirt, baby. Got an iron stain on your shirt. But I didn't really think it was no big deal. And God says, I know you didn't because you have an iron stain on your shirt. Now, who in the room would put this shirt on? Would you put, would you put this on? Put this on. Put this on. Let me put that on. Put that on. Because um, I want to show you what you look like. When your conscience is seared. <laughs> to you, you the business. Because watch this. Because you're popular among losers. Mm. You're popular among people who ain't going nowhere. But I don't want to be popular with people who ain't going nowhere. I want to be popular with God. Won't you come? So, who in the building? Wants to come out the house. Now, I know it's a few of y'all probably because you be like, that's a cool look, Bishop. Just rip it up. That's cool. 
I get it. I get ripped. I get it. I get it. I get it. But it's seared. What's this? Right in the middle. So if we were to get super granular with this, so now you're protected everywhere except where there's a sear. If we wanted to get super granular, you're exposed to the elements now. If we wanted, y'all ain't saying that to me. If we wanted to get super granular, where you are seared, watch this, you can't even see. I need you to say this. Say, Lord, show me where my conscience is seared. Say it again. Say, Lord, show me where my conscience is seared. Thank you, sir. So, so here's where we start. Matthew 6.33. Y'all still with me? Matthew 6.33. Watch this. But seek first. That means honor. Because a lot of you say, Bishop, oh, I've heard you preach on honor before. I'm an honorable person. Listen, Linda. <laughs> seek first. Question, what's first in your life? See, because honor is just not what we do. It's how we do it, when we do it, where we do it. Say, watch this. Say, God, your kingdom is first. Now watch what he says. The kingdom of God. Look at me. Here's what a lot of church folks will say if you grew up in church. Jesus needs to be first. Wrong. He never said that. This is Jesus speaking. And Jesus said, put my kingdom first. What does that mean? Make what's important to me important to you. The kingdom. What's the kingdom? It's my way of doing things. He said, I'll know I'm first because you put what I like first. Give me what I like. Oh, say, Lord, I'm going to give you what you like. Oh, say it like an army, 915, in the building and online. Say, Lord, I'm going to give you what you like. Because he can have whatever he likes. So I might as well give him what he likes. Yeah. What does he like? There's an infographic that tells you what he likes. You can literally snap a photo of it or even get it on our website. There's five T's that encompass what the kingdom is. We boiled it down in the Bible so that you'll be able to see it for yourself. Somebody say, there's five T's. Now watch me. Some of you, you do them, but the way you do them is seared. Some of them, you do it, but how you do it is seared. Got it? So the five T's, they're going to put them on the screen for you. The five T's. Somebody say the five T's. Say and say the five T's. The first is time. It's coming. The first is time. Somebody say time. The second is, and what does that mean? That's your faithful church attendance. Somebody say, I get to be faithful. Here's the second, talent. Say talent. That means you get to serve. Somebody say, I get to serve. Number three is treasure. Somebody say treasure. Say, I get to give. Here's the fifth, or it's the fourth, excuse me. Say thirst. Say, I get to praise, pray, and worship. And here's the fifth. Say testimony. Say, I get to tell other people. About church, about church, about God. About God. Leave them up for a minute. Can you snap a photo of this? Can I, can I get some of y'all to snap a photo of this, please? Especially for those of you who think you know them, I need you to do it first. Because you're the biggest problems. Because you think you know. And what you think you know makes you seared. 
Y'all ain't saying nothing. Can I tell you some of the most difficult people to lead? Leaders. Because what they think they know. Time. Jesus was faithful to church attendance. Here's the thing about your church, Harvest. If you can't be in the building, here's the amazing thing. We got 4,344,912 ways to watch. I'm just, just making that up, but you get my point. So if you can't be in the building, you can't say, I couldn't get the word today. Boo. Yes, you could. Some of you are like, who is boo? It's just a term of endearment. All right? Now, check this out. I build my life around church, not build church into my life. And there's the difference. Bishop, where are you getting that from? Luke 4, 16. So he came to Nazareth where he'd been brought up, Jesus. And as his custom was, he went into the synagogue and stood up to read. Jesus went to church and served in church. Which takes me to, uh, us this. let's move to the next one. Say treasure. treasure. We get to faithfully give. Matthew 6, 21. Where your treasure is, that's where your heart is. What's hard in scripture? Your mind. Jesus says, I'll know where your mind is because I check the books. That's what he said. Somebody said, he said it. So when we give, do we do it out of, or we do it out of, thank you, Jesus. If I had that to give, what I get to keep? Talent. Say, I get to serve. Listen, guys, you've been through, look at me for a minute, look at me, uh, watch this, take it down for a minute, look at me, watch this, you literally get to, you literally have been gifted with talents, skills, abilities, everything we need is in this room. See, one of the things I want to do is I want us to have our own credit union. Why? So that we're not having to go to the world to get what we need. Can I be honest with you? It's in the room. For these new locations, it's in the room. It's, it's, it's online. Everything we need, we have. But some of y'all are sitting back holding it. And here's what's amazing. You'll give it to the world. And God is like, so really we went through all them years of school? And some of y'all getting real quiet on me, and I promise you, we finna go. God is like, so really I, I paid for you to go to school, and you won't use what I paid for. To advance my kingdom. I ain't beat nobody up. I'm just asking questions. Preguntas. But I put it back up. Watch. Uh, uh, now, for those of you, some of you, you know, you, you, you're jet setters. So I get it. Some of you, you're in and out. You're like Carmen San Diego. <laughs> Where in the world is Carmen San Diego? PBS, PBS. I think. Was it PBS? Right. I get it. So my digital family, I get it. You're not even. So, for my digital family, your service and your share. For those of you who are jet setters and you ain't over here, your service and your share, which means you're the number one. Watch this. Watch this. Got it? Those who can be in the building and those who can serve faithfully, question. Like, it amazes me when people say, I just need to not serve right now so I can sit and receive. Let's just think it through. So you ain't been sitting and receiving? That don't even make sense. Touch your neighbor said, that makes no sense. And I need you to stop coming up with reasons to... Just tell him you ain't going to give him what he won't. Just tell him that. That's like me coming to church and say, you know, I just... 
I'm just going to say, I ain't preaching today. I just need, you know, I just, okay, let's move. Let's move. Let's move. It's quiet in this building. I'm going to shout you in a minute. Thirst, your prayer, praise, and worship keeps Jesus first. John 6, 35. Jesus said to him, I'm the bread of life. If you come eat me, you ain't going to be hungry. You don't eat me, you're going to be hungry. Why do people burn out? They're hungry. There's this thing as burn out, you're just malnourished. You don't eat. Well, how do I eat? My prayer, praise, and worship keeps Jesus first. Why do we take an hour to pray on Mondays? Let's be honest. How many of y'all, watch this, you, you, until we started doing prayer with me on Mondays, you didn't pray no hour? Just to tell the truth. And I'm not saying that as a negative thing. Let's tell the truth. Most of us, here's our prayer. Father God, in the name of Jesus, just, Lord, just bless. Hey, I don't know about it. They can't see me online. You got to gotta tell them to put the camera down. You right? Ooh, Lord, move. And then after about four minutes, you're like, yep, that's prayer. And I'm not beating us down for that. What I'm saying is, why do we make that such a big deal here? Say we're a church of prayer. Say we're a people of prayer. Why is that such a big deal, guys? It's a big deal because that keeps them first. Oh, I wish y'all could be honest with me. There's some days before prayer, I was like, my God. And then after prayer, I was like, my God. Y'all ain't going to say it. Lay your hands on yourself and say, I'm bold this year. Let's go back. Let's go back. All right. Doing praise and worship. I encourage you. Now, listen, you ain't got to know how to dance. Didn't you enjoy our dancing? Didn't you do an amazing job today? I'm going to talk about that in a minute. Listen. Listen, guys, listen. You ain't got to know how to dance. You, listen. Somebody said, right? <laughs> it just means I'm not going to give anybody else more than I give to the Lord. So if I'm out there doing all these dances and stuff out here, I got to make sure I give him more. Why? Because he deserves it. Come on. Somebody said, Lord, you deserve it. Right? The last one. My testimony. We get to invite people to church. Everybody, anybody, everybody's included, nobody's included all the time. Luke 14, 23. He says, go and compel them to come that my house may be full. So watch this. Here's what some people do. God says, this is honoring me. The whole Bible boils down to these five T's of honor for God. Say, this is honoring God. Say, this is putting the kingdom first. Right down. That's why I had you snap a photo. You're like, I'm just trying to figure it all out. People be getting me with this stuff they be saying. I'm just trying to figure out what God wants. Right there. It's right there. It's what he wants. Just, I've just been praying and fasting. For what, boo? You ain't going to change. Do you ain't done this yet. You ain't done this yet. Touch your neighbor and say, do these. I'm going to Jerusalem. To do what? You need to learn how to manage Denver. Y'all ain't saying nothing to me now. Say, Lord, you're number one. So listen to this, guys. Listen to this. Listen. Honor. Look at me. Honor is not respectfully doing what we want. I was nice when I said I'm not going to do it. But that's what American culture teaches us. Not understanding the real issue isn't how you said it. It's that the fact that you don't want to do it. Say, Lord, I'm a person of honor. Come on, come on, come on, come on, come on. Come on. Watch this. 
It's not, honor is not doing something with conditions. I tried that. Listen, I told y'all my story. I tried that. You know my story. I didn't want to be a pastor. So I resisted. And that resistance was futile. Where my truck is at? That was, resistance was futile. He got me. He's like, now look, you go give me a yes. Now how much more you got to go through? How much more? Watch this, because I'll empower you to fail. And what I bless you, what I bless you with, I'll empower that to fail. You're going to give me what I want. Say, Lord, I'm going to give you what you want. See, this is pushing us, right? Because this isn't American Christianity where we just do whatever we want and the Lord just rain down on me. Let, 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 let it Ain't nothing from the rain except some acid and if you don't get it together. Touch your neighbor and say, keep him first. Watch. Thank you, Lord. Here's honor. It's absolute adaptation, which provides protection. Never leave home without it. So why do I know that anything that I face, he got me? Because I'm protected. I'm protected. Say, I'm protected. I want to challenge you in 2020. Stay protected. Stay protected. It's absolute adaptation. I'm going to give him what he wants. Period. I ain't fighting with him. I'm not going back and forth. I'm not going to state my case. I tried that. Listen, I'm trying to help you. Please. I tried all of that. And I learned. He learned me. That's a southern way of saying he taught me. He learned me. He said, son, I love you. But you're about to go through hell if you don't give me what I asked for. Watch this. And I came to get somebody off a bad path. Let's go. I came to get somebody out of a negative situation. I came to get somebody, watch this, from making a choice you do not have to make. I need you to say, say, this year is up and to the right. Say, no bad mistakes. Say, no unnecessary failure. Come on, release this over your life. Say, just victory. Say it again. Say, just victory. Look, here it is. I got to finish. It says, and his righteousness. What does this mean? I fight to stay right with God. Matthew 6.33. I fight to stay right with God. I fight to stay right with God. See, there are certain things that happen to you, especially with people, that can try to mess this up. And you have to fight to stay right. Lay your hands on yourself. Say, I will not get bitter. Say, I will get better. Say, I will not be distracted. Say, I will be focused. Release this. If you're a man or woman, whatever you are, just say, I'm a man or woman of God. Say it. I'm a man of God. Say it again. I'm a man of God. Say it again. I'm a man. One more time. I'm a man of God. And I don't care how many failures you've had. I don't care how bad you've screwed up or messed up. That was then. This is now. I'm getting ready to close. And all things are made new. It says, here's the last thing. Here's the last part of the verse. Matthew 6, 33. He says, if you do that, if the kingdom is what? First. What did the kingdom boil down to? Five teeth. 
and fight to stay right with God. Not perfect. I'm just staying right. I'm not going to let, listen to me. Some of you all wait too long to fix stuff. Like you're talking about, I just need it four days. Look, you got to learn how when you, when you break it, fix it. Say, when I break it, I fix it. You can't be waiting. Which means the moment something needs to be fixed, I fix it. Not just with God, but with people. So the moment I figure there's an issue, mm -mm, come here, let's get this together. Mm -mm, mm -mm, mm -mm, mm -mm. Now you ain't finna walk around here and slam one more dough. What's the problem? For every married couple, I rebuke y'all being passive-aggressive with one another. Let's go. I declare you're going to communicate this year like you've never communicated before. For parents with children, I rebuke there being the same issues that you had with your mama Neil and your daddy Neil with your children. You're the curse breaker. You're the interruption to the dysfunction in your bloodline. Listen, he says, and all these things woo, shall be added unto you. What does this mean? Addition comes from honor. So when the kingdom is first, what I need will find me. Which means, say, say because the kingdom's first, what I need's coming to get me. Well, I pray that today's life-giving message has spoken life into your life. I'm Bishop Foreman, pastor of Harvest Church, and at this time, I want to extend an opportunity to you to give your life to Jesus Christ. You know, 2,000 years ago, God stepped in a body. That body was called Jesus. That body got on a cross and died for our sins. Now, sins are things that we do that don't please God, and they ultimately don't please God because they ultimately are very harmful and dangerous to us. Not only did he die for our sins, he died so we could have life and life more abundantly. Here's what that means, that not only do we experience God's best, but that we can speak life into other people and use our lives to change the lives of other people. And today, if you need to become a Christian for the first time, the Bible says if you believe in your heart and confess with your mouth, you will be saved or born again or become a Christian. All those phrases mean the same thing. And if today you were far from God, this is your opportunity to reconnect to God. I love him because uh, he's not the God of a second chance. The truth is, is we've all used our second chance already. He's the God of another chance. He offers us constant new beginnings and fresh starts to get things right for him. He gave his life for us so that we could give our lives for him. So today, if you need to become a Christian or recommit yourself to Jesus right there where you're at, I don't care where you're listening to this message, I want you to say this with me. Say, Father... In the name of Jesus, thank you for dying in my place. Because of this belief and because of this confession, if this is my first time praying this, I am now a Christian. If I was far from you, I am reconnected to you. Great days are here for me. Today is the beginning of the rest of my life. In Jesus' name. Amen. Listen, if you prayed that prayer for the first time, you are now a Christian. You're born again. You're saved from yourself. And if you were far from God, you're reconnected to God. And here's what I want you to do. Take out your mobile phone and text the word DECISION to the phone number 59769. And when you do, I'm going to send you a message right away that's going to show you how to make Christianity your lifestyle and not just a hobby. And here's what I want to encourage you to do. You are connected to me and connected to Harvest Church for a reason. It's because this is the place God wants to speak life into your life. This is the place God wants you to grow and become a strong Christian and, and serve and change the lives of other people. So stay connected, whether it's at a physical campus or a digital campus, stay connected to Harvest Church. Keep receiving this word and let it speak life into your life. Hope you have a phenomenal day. Hey, congratulations. 
Experiences are what people love the most about travel. Viator is a website and app where you can book travel experiences like hiking Mount Kilimanjaro in Tanzania or enjoying the views while cruising on a catamaran in the Caribbean. They offer everything from simple tours to extreme adventures. With over 300,000 bookable experiences in 190 countries, there's something for everyone. Plus, Viator's travel experiences have millions of real traveler reviews, so you have the information you need to book the best activities for your trip. When you book a travel experience with Viator, there's always flexibility and support with free cancellation, payment options, and 24-7 service. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10. That's V-I-A-T-O-R-10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. One app, over 300,000 travel experiences you'll remember. Do more with Viator. Since 1981, Unbound has connected people like you with families worldwide on their self-directed paths out of poverty. A brighter future is possible for these families when we all walk together. Sponsor a child today, and you'll help a family take the first steps on their path. Change their future in just one click. Start walking with your new friend today at unbound.org walk.